Welcome to a division winning 3.1 inning save podcast. It's the three and a third inning save podcast. We need That's to, we not need to, how box scores ever say it, and you know it. Well, they're but they're wrong. Yeah, that's because they don't. They don't. I was going to bring it up. I'm like, don't you hate it that they call it three point one? I try. Hard, I, I mean, I do it in our notes because it's not going anywhere. But like, um, only because I don't. But like, in, when I'm presenting it somewhere, like I even in a tweet, I I put the fraction whenever whenever possible. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pet peeve. So it's so much to celebrate this week. Yeah. And uh, so you're going to break down the baseball stuff. What I will be celebrating most is we have a questions from Craig rewind question at the tail end of the show. And I'm looking oh forward my. to it. After I this. have not seen this yet. Oh, man. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So we'll lead off with the biggest, uh, you know, if you were wondering, the the champagne and the beer showers were a pre-celebration. They were pre-gaming for what they knew was coming, a 10-out yep. save. The 10-out save. We are the three and a third inning save podcast this week. Uh, Gavin Stone had himself a weird week. We'll, we'll get to the, the, the technical part of how he returned to the majors in a little, little bit later, but... Um, he came up Monday to start. Uh, that was the game where Clayton Kershaw would have been on five days rest, but they pushed his start back to Seattle because um, he's still dealing with shoulder stuff and sort of trying to work on some things, fix his command, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But Gavin Stone comes up. He's been you know sporadic up and down this year. Kind of kind of got his head kicked in a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, just generally he had the he did win that game at Fenway Park where. He did allow four runs. Two of them were on solo homers late when the Dodgers were already up big. Um, he followed an opener in that one, which, um, uh, but and then like the first two run homer in that game was like a Green Monster fly ball home run where it's like out and it's it's an out in every single park except Fenway. <laughs> but anyway, um, so that that was like something to build on. But so Monday the Dodgers are up seven to two, and he's pitching okay. His pitch count was pretty low, but he's like giving up runs, giving up runs, and then next thing you know, it's seven seven, and he's out of the game. It's like, oh man, that that's brutal. So his ERA was over ten at that point, and I believe I, I think I tweeted out uh, the only uh, the only ERA worse in a season in Dodgers history with like minimum twenty innings is uh, was Oral Hershiser in his last hurrah in in two thousand. He came back. Had like no command. He, I think he hit eleven batters in like twenty four innings or something. It was crazy. Um, it, it was it was tough. But anyway, so I sort of assumed that um, they were just going to kind of option some because they already had Emmett Sheehan up as like the the extra starter guy. Um, and but then they didn't. They just like kept Gavin Stone around. So it, it was a cool. That he got to be a part of the division winning celebration, like all the the sort of uh, the, the young crop of rookies were all in there. 
um, doing their thing. And then he got to pitch again Sunday, um, the day after the clinch, when, when they went with um, opener. Oh, well, we'll get to the how they did in a second. But just Gavin Stone got the last 10 outs of the game. Dodgers won 6-1. to one. They swept. Uh, as as uh, uh, Ryan Walton, a friend of the pod and uh, True Blue LA cohort, uh, noted um, that uh, oh, oh, this this is their first Dodgers first road sweep this year in in, in three huh. three game series. They had I looked it up. They had um, they have like the fourth best road record in the major, so it's like yeah. they're good on this. But they they had four other chances where they won the first two games of a three-game road series and then they lost on getaway day, including three in a row in the first road trip after the All-Star break where, like, every every series was I the same. I remember that. Like, win first two, <laughs> lose. Win first two, lose. Win first, anyway, so, and, oh, and Gavin Stone uh, pitched one of those finales, by the way. He, um, but, um, so he's really good. So it's the first save of three and a third innings, exactly 10 outs. Since by a Dodger since Steve Howe in <laughs> in September or uh, June 1982. How about that? That's a, that's a, it's it's a very useless and specific stat. But um, the Dodgers have six saves of three or more innings this year. Um, we're in the golden age, my friend. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Yarbrough, who got the win, he pitched four and two thirds uh, before Stone. Uh, he has two of them, a four and a three. Andre Jackson, who since moved on to Pittsburgh, has two three-inning saves. The patron saint of the podcast, the patron saint of three-inning save. Um, Emmett Sheehan, uh, aforementioned uh, pitcher, also has a four-inning save, and then now Stone. So in majors this year, there have been 35 saves of three or more innings. That is the most since 2001. Uh, there were also 35 that year. If you want to go um the previous year higher you just have to go back one more year 2000 2000 had 40 so i i don't think we're gonna get five more in these last two weeks there have only been two in september so far so the pace is slowing down but the dodgers have 14 games left so i'm expecting them you know <laughs> let's they're not going to finish 14 though. let's say let's be conservative and say 12 and 2 and no, i'm just kidding um so yeah that's that's at least 11 three inning saves but no um how the Dodgers use Stone, how they pitch Saturday and Sunday in Seattle. That that seems to me, or at least, and it's been kind of explicitly stated, it could be a preview of what they do this postseason. Like, yeah, um, they have to, <laughs> right? Yeah, like we mentioned, I was I was thinking about this. My brother messaged me, and he's like, yeah. "Has there ever been a team that did this where they just don't have starters and then they won the World Series?" I came up with some. Like, well, you're, you're. Uh, yeah. it's almost the opposite of what uh, the Red Sox went through in 2018, where they just didn't have a bullpen that could be relied on at all. Where they, they would just use like, all the starters. Yeah, let's like, use starters, and that's what the <laughs> let's just use relievers nonstop. Which the Royals actually, or or we have these like pseudo starters who could be really good for like three innings or something, and then (laughs) can we do that every game? Like uh, the Astros almost did that, yeah, like in recent years, but like also they also had like Verlander, (laughs) Verlander, and like Javier, I think. So like at times, right? Because they weren't like completely bereft, and then the Dodgers really aren't either. But they don't have that backbone like they mm-hmm. usually sort of do. Um, but, and again, it, who knows if it's going to be with Stone specifically in the playoffs because there's probably he's probably behind on the depth chart. Right. But he's he's an option, right? Like, so 
but but look at like how this works. So Sunday was Shelby Miller was the opener. Uh, another fun fact of the uh, Dodgers Mariner series. Uh, Friday Bobby Miller started for the Dodgers. Saturday Bryce Miller started for the Mariners, <laughs> and on Sunday Shelby Miller started for uh, the, the Dodgers. So how, fun times. How, how deflating would it be if you're the Mariners? You have playoff aspirations, yeah. and you lose to. The the lineup that the Dodgers trotted out today. <laughs> you mean it's you one mean, of my favorite days of the year, by the way. Is when they the whatever the playoff the goal, like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> well, and and even though they we were kind of we're kind of robbed of a true post clinch lineup because there's only one extra player. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, but I I think how how can the Mariners possibly be like like didn't couldn't have expected this from like um. The Dodgers catcher who has like an 800 OPS over the last two months, <laughs> hitting a home run—that's expected, and that's what Austin Barnes does. Um, so yeah, they—I mean, look—they they lost this this series, right? Like Miguel Ro- Rojas homered Friday, on, on Austin Barnes homered um, Sunday. Uh, Jason Hayward, who has been excellent this year, we'll get to him, but he he had uh, three doubles Saturday. Homer double Sunday, like he's he's been going nuts, but um so post clinch day Shelby Miller open one inning, Yarborough comes in pitch four and two thirds. Uh, they I I think he threw like it was like eighty seven pitches. Uh, they were you know it was some sort of a pitching, but he struck out seven. He was he was really good. His first inning he struggled. He, I think he allowed like four hits and a run and kind of had to escape to only allow the run. But then he was great, and then Stone came in, finished the game. Like that was kind of the, they, like it's again, it's a post clinch day. We need we need you three pitchers to kind of do the game, and like that's kind of how they were gonna do it. But like, and then so you got Yarbrough, right? Funky delivery guy. His average on the year is eighty seven on the fastball, eighty four on his cutter. Stone comes in ninety five with a changeup. Who? It's and I don't I didn't check the average, but it's probably around Yarborough's fastball. But you know, also it's a lefty righty, so it's like changing styles. Um, and all, but like similar on Saturday, Kershaw ended up starting. He hasn't hit ninety, I think, in, in on an e fastball like in his last two starts. But the more worrisome thing I think was his command. He walked two in the first inning Saturday, so he thought, oh god, we're gonna we're gonna go through this again. I think he fell behind like I think three zero on a batter in the second inning. You're like, oh, this could go off the rails. But he kind of settled down, and then he kind of got into a groove, and he went through four innings scoreless. Uh, so fun fact about Kershaw: uh, he started five times with the Do- the Dodgers having a chance to clinch the division, uh, two thousand nine. When he was a kid, uh, 2014, 2015, 2015 was the, it's like a top five game of his career. Uh, 13 strikeouts, uh, shutout, one hit, one walk. I think he retired the last 19 and that clinched the in San Francisco. Anyway, um, 2022 and 2023, those games add up to, um, 34 innings, one run allowed, <laughs> and um, 43 strikeouts. So, um, obviously, the bulk of those strikeouts were early. He struck out uh, four on Saturday. But he was also limited on a pitch count because, again, he had 10 days between starts. He's been kind of, like, not really fully built up. He's likely likely going to be limited going forward. But, like, at least, I to me, it was like a proof of concept game where at least 
you could see how he can make things work, even if he's not throwing 90. Um, he can be good while he's in the game. So then they follow Kershaw with Emmett Sheehan, who kind of like Stone, he throws 95-96, another good changeup. He struck out five of the ten batters, three scoreless innings. Like, just, it was wild. Like, just, you know, coming in. It's like a completely new guy coming from the different side. Um, it's, it, it's, it, that has to be hard for like batters to adjust, right? Like going, going back and forth. So during the, the clinching celebration though, I didn't pull audio on this, but I, I did write down what Andrew Friedman said. It was an interview with uh, David Vassay, champagne soaked locker room. Um, he said, quote, we're going to go into October a little bit in a little bit different spot than we've gone into in the past. And that on the pitching side, we're going to be less experienced than we've been, but We'll be at the top of the list in terms of stuff. These guys are bringing big boy stuff to the party, <laughs> <laughs> which was pretty good. And like, yeah, that's kind of they're just that's kind of where they're at, right? Like, we're, we're going to see what these guys can yeah. do. Like that that was kind of like this year. I think um, I think we're up to. Uh, well, I won't I won't say because it, it plays into the trivia question. But the rookies, yeah, have no, a tell lot me more. This year. Nope. Um, so Dave Roberts did say on Friday um, that Bobby Miller will start quote one of the first two games of the NLDS. It seems hard to, that anyone else would start game one, to be honest. But but I think the most important thing is like when he's not starting, and probably when Lance Lynn's not starting, it's going to be mix and match. And even though they're going to have like obviously they're they're going to like watch like Lynn's going to pitch until. He's he's either tired or gives up like his third home run, right, yeah. <laughs> like or whatever. <laughs> and so, uh, and I think Miller they're going to give as much rope as they can. Uh, but then the other, so you could see a scenario where maybe, but I don't I don't know if they're going to overthink it either. But like maybe not in the NLDS, but maybe future. But maybe you don't want to bet you don't want to go back to back with piggyback games or something. You know, I, I don't know how they're, and it, but there's also, it could also be that like, they, yeah, I, I, I'd have to think about how the rest situation works out, but maybe you want to go Kershaw on ones. Like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I, so the deal of the NLDS is you only, you also only need three starters because right. if, if, because of the, there's two different, there's an extra off day. So you can start the game one starter in game four on four days rest. You can start the game two starting game five on four days rest. So, you you could do like three piggyback games in the NLDS if you wanted to, um, and then figure it out after that. But the, the other thing is like, I'm not saying Kershaw won't go on four days rest at some point, but he hasn't. You yeah. know, um, so I don't know how how married they are to that. You know, sure. Um, so th- that's going to be interesting to see how that that all sort of plays out, but. Yeah, uh, but just to be clear, the Dodgers could still technically have to play before the NLDS, but probably not. Yeah. Like um, so they won the division, the Dodgers did. They're currently the number two seed behind the Braves. Now, there was a big, there still is a big gap between them, but while the Dodgers were sweeping the Mariners, the Braves were getting swept by the Marlins. They also clinched earlier this week, the Braves did. But the Braves are still up four and a half games on the Dodgers. The top two division winners get buys into the NLDS. So the Dodgers, as of Sunday night, are up seven and a half games over the Brewers, who lead the NL Central. 
their magic number is six over the Brewers, and because the Dodgers have the tiebreaker. Put another way, there's 27 games left. The Dodgers have 14. The Brewers have 13. Only six of those need to go the Dodgers' way to clinch a bye. So it's, it's basically done. So that means Dodgers are going to get five days off again, like they had last year. Uh, you, should Raiders, we should we bring this up real quick? It's going to be said that like oh, all oh, the, yeah. all the teams that got rest uh, last year just were awful. You don't want rest. You want to yeah. stay in the flow. What do you what do you say to that? It's it's bunk. Like it's just it's. It's circumstance, right? Like, I don't know. It just doesn't it, – It how you play in October defines how you play in October. It's not It's not because you didn't get too much rest. It's not because you went into the, the, uh, the playoffs on a, on a playing poorly or whatever. Like, they're obviously going to do whatever they can to get ready. But to this, the, because the flip side of that argument is that you would rather – Subject yourself to possible elimination by playing a possibly disadvantageous wildcard scenario where you may or may not be on the road. Um, the Dodgers would not be in this case because they're a division winner, but like that's preposterous to me. Like, the, the <laughs> it's the, the cost of having to play the wildcard round is, is far too high to if there's any sort of like actual tangible like proof that you are going to be a little bit sluggish from the layoff like it's so small as to not measure up to what you're what you're putting on the line by playing the wild card as if they're like strategizing to do that right yeah. like yeah so um but yeah like so if, yeah five days off uh sundays october 1st is the last day of the regular season nlds would start saturday the wild card is tuesday to thursday in between so yeah, that's that's where we're at kind of right now. Well, what other little things happened? Well, so over in, the week in this, in this last week, um, let's talk about some guys who did not play Sunday. Um, Mookie Betts he tied major league records for home runs, thirty nine, and runs batted in one hundred and three out of the leadoff spot in a season. He still has fourteen games to go to break those ties. Um, uh, Freddie Freeman, uh, he finally sat again on Saturday. That's been the sort of established norm in his first two seasons with the Dodgers has sort of an informal deal with uh, Dave Roberts that he won't sit until after they clinch. And they, he's done that the last two years. He started the first 147 this year, started the first 141 last year. I looked back, so he had an injury in 2017, but if you look back at the, the last six full seasons, He's missed 11 total games, and nine of those games were missed after his team clinched the division. <laughs> so, like, he, he just plays all the time. Um, he's currently sitting on 55 doubles uh, on pace for 60. So he's got, again, 14 games to get those last five to be no, – no players had 60 doubles since 1936. Um, Kyle Hurts was a surprise uh, debut on Tuesday. Another one of those sort of young arms um, – like a lot of them started in Double A Tulsa this year. Emmett Sheehan was one of those. Um, uh, again, throwing in the mid to upper nineties with a crazy changeup. They called him up to sort of be a fill-in guy um, on Tuesday. He followed Lance Lynn, pitched the last two innings of a blowout win over the Padres. So his first three major league uh, players—I don't remember the exact order—but it was Fernando Tatis Jr. 
Manny Machado and Juan Soto, <laughs> and he went through them in like nine pitches. Like didn't <laughs> didn't strike him out, but like he got them all out pretty easily, and then finished the ninth with by striking out all three batters. And like the last pitch was like a insane changeup uh, that fooled the guy. Then he got option the next day, which was kind of the the plan. Everyone got excited, like oh, is he going to be playoffs? So, like, I mean, tech, I mean, even had they not brought him up, he still could have technically technically yeah. be eligible, like if they wanted to. But like <clears throat> that was like more of a we need a guy to fill innings right now and and they yeah so that that's where they were at um, the Dodgers did make a roster oopsie at the beginning of the week if you remember technical term yeah that, so it ended up also not mattering and it was <clears throat> more of a paper thing than than it had any real cost but we talked last week about the plan Ryan Yarbrough pitched last Sunday in um, in Washington D.C. He had been with his wife Friday for the birth of their second daughter, came back to the Dodgers late Saturday night, pitched Sunday, went back to his wife in Florida Sunday night, and was there with her all week, and then joined the Dodgers in Seattle on Friday. Um, The plan was for Yarbrough to go on paternity list after that Sunday start. That was going to be the mechanism to call up Gavin Stone because he had been optioned I believe it was it was either 13 or 14 days prior, and you have to be on if you're a pitcher, you have to be on option 15 days to be brought up like normally again, unless you're replacing like someone going on the injured list or the restricted list, which is how uh, the Dodgers brought back Ryan Pepio within 15 days when Urias went on the the restricted list, um, or paternity list qualifies. So that was the plan. They were going to put Pep, uh, um, Yarbrough on the paternity list monday to call up gavin stone but then when uh they went to like uh file the paperwork and they realized oh no we can't do it on monday because the paternity list rule states um you have to the player has to go on the paternity list either with the birth of the child imminent or uh within 48 hours after the birth so the latest he could have gone on the paternity list is Sunday, but he pitched Sunday, so they couldn't put him on the paternity list. So he was like not with the team. He didn't like the, oh, you have to stay because you're not on the paternity list. It wasn't that. <laughs> it was just they were playing short, sort of. Like I mean, that was kind of part of the reason why they called up hurt in a way. Um, but uh, so that was just kind of a weird little because it's weird because they're usually on top of that stuff, you know? Right. I I think part of it like it really what part of it was like. I don't. I, I. I can't say I know the exact technical reason, but like, was it just someone was off on the weekend and they're like, oh no, <laughs> like you know, like someone on Sunday could have been like, hey, like you know, <laughs> we can't do that, or like Saturday, I guess, to, to, before they were planning all this, like we cannot do this or whatever. But like, it was just more. It was more of a like I said, an oopsie than anything, and it didn't end up truly, truly mattering. But um, as we mentioned. Um, the Dodgers are division champions. They are so, uh, in spite of their pitching staff being decimated, right? Uh, we talked about last week, obviously, Julio Urias. His Dodger days are over because he's on the restricted list. Second uh, domestic violence incident, um, gone. Um, two pitchers, uh, Tony Gonsolin and Dustin May, underwent elbow surgery. Um, Going to be out uh, all or most of next season in those cases. Um, Noah Syndergaard, uh, if you remember, started the year in the rotation, was terrible, and uh, 
was banished to Cleveland, uh, and they, they actually got Ahmed Rosario back somehow for him. Um, Clayton Kershaw, last man standing, even he missed six weeks, and he's not really been the same. So those are the five that they went into spring training. It, it, the number is actually lower if you don't count Tony Gonsolin because he was injured in spring training, mm-hmm. and their actual opening day rotation includes Ryan Pepio. Right. <laughs> but but I'm not doing that. So the, the start of spring training planned rotation was Urias, Kershaw, Gonsolin, May, Syndergaard. My trivia to you is how many starts did they make in 2023? I hate questions like this because yeah. it's time and I, time has no concept, is no concept to me. I don't know what that means. I'll uh, I'll throw a number at you after this. How many starts did the proposed, the presumed spring training starting rotation make for the Dodgers this year? Mm-hmm. And that's, so it won't be the final total, right? Because... Clayton is going to get Yeah, Kershaw's the only person who can add to it. I, it's just going to be, I mean, unless it's just going to be, there's going to be a plus two at the end of this because I think Kershaw only has time to make two more starts. But I, yeah. uh, I have no confidence in this answer that I like. I, we've had these before where I'll say a yeah. number and you're just like, no, that's way off. <laughs> but then I'm also wrong when I yeah. say that. Like, <laughs> so. All right, 64. You went low. On this, okay. so I I will I'll give you just as a as a sort of a hint, Clayton Kershaw does lead the team in innings. Okay, um, I don't know if that helps, <laughs> but like, uh, yeah, yeah, that's what I would have I would have yeah. put. Uh, let's see, does that really? I'm trying to. I, you want me to give you the some parameters? Uh, I'll, I'll give you more. So, Dustin May was hurt on May seventeenth, uh, mm-hmm. possibly. That was either the IL day or the hurt day. It's either one one of those days. Uh, Tony Gonsolin's last start was August eighteenth. Um, All right, then, final uh, guess. Yeah. Final guess. I've inflated my presumed yeah. number translating eighty nine. Yeah. So you it went. You you're very close. Okay. It's it's eighty four. Okay. Yeah. We're so good. yeah, I'm happy. and once you add Kershaw's final two starts, presumably. Uh, it'll be 89. So, I think Gonsolin uh, came back faster than I expected. I think that's one well, major. He he actually did because because Michael Grove was hurt, and, and his they his rehab assignment became you're pitching in the majors for three innings yeah. and then four innings like, <laughs> and and then like then it's whole then the whole this whole season is like. Look, we know you're not fully ready, but we need you to pitch. And then, like, look, we know your UCL is torn, but we need you to pitch. <laughs> like that—that's basically the Tony Gonsolin story for 2023. It's wild. Uh, so Kershaw 22, Urias 21. He missed six weeks with a hamstring. Um, Gonsolin 20, uh, and we mentioned before those 20 starts got him an extra. The that last 20th start got. $500,000 added to his next year's salary. So he earned like $2 million in bonuses for next year. $5.4 million instead of $3.4. Uh, Syndergaard, uh, 12 starts. He had a 716 oh, ERA. Nailed that one. Uh, um, do you have a number on Dustin May? I had six. Nine. Nine. Turn, that, turn that frown upside down. That's <laughs> nine. Yeah. Um, yeah. So as it stands, so yeah, Kershaw's at one, 121 in the third innings. Miller is at 107. It's hard to like give. I, I think Miller could start three more times and Kershaw two. But like, 
he's not going to catch Kershaw. Like he's not going to go like seven all three times, and Kershaw's going to go four twice or something. Because even if he did that, he'd fall an inning shy. <laughs> so like Kershaw's going to end up leading the team in innings, which is wild because he's. But also, yeah, but yeah, that's it, it's been one of those years. Uh, the the number I was going to mention earlier, rookies have started forty seven games, and I'm not counting. I, I only counting actual starts here. I, I didn't go back and like because there's a couple more where like Grove, Pepio, some of the some of the others like had bulk games following an opener. I didn't count those, but it was 47, 47 starts. But and the ERA was in the fives. Um, in fact, I, I'm going to pull that up right now. Um, 47 starts. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah, 527 ERA in 271 in the third innings so far for for the rookies this year. Oh, that and that was that's before Stone's outing though, so that's going to lower. So All right. Well, Craig starts okay. off things with uh one of my a, a very special season for me in this uh, week's edition of with Jeans Craig. We love them. Dodgers now have 13 division titles in the 21st century and each have their own set of great memories. This week's trivia is about the 2004 Dodgers. My okay. uh, uh, for the first Dodger team I remember really <clears throat> celebrating, uh, as, mm-hmm. you know, as an intense fan. All right, you ready? Yeah. Bringing up my cheat sheet. Adrian Beltre had an MVP season for the Dodgers that year. Not technically true. <laughs> yeah, he finished second. He led the team with a 163 OPS plus. Four other Dodgers with a minimum of 326 plate appearances had an eight. Oh, excuse me, eight oh one. Wow, one oh eight or better OPS. Wow, OPS plus. Who are these better than replacement hitters? That's a very specific number. Um, <laughs> so I'll, I'll I'll let you know these are also the only ones who hit over. 100. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Um, 2004. Um, Almedo signs. Nope. Really? Okay. Jason Worth. Uh, Jason Worth had a 115. Milton Bradley. Milton Bradley had a 108. Hmm. So now, wait, was Worth 326? Uh, on the dot. Yeah. Say, yeah, I was going to say, one, yeah. He, he was the no, guy. That no, made, Craig just picked I, that number. <laughs> actually, Almedo Signs was the guy who made me think 326. Oh. But, um,. Uh, so okay, so one other person, two other people. Oh, oh boy. Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, let's mm, wait. Ooh, one is no, they did. Th- one of these is mean. <laughs> they <laughs> did, they didn't that. sign the. They didn't sign this other guy till the next year, so I won't guess him. Um, oh four. Is that JD Drew? You're gonna guess? No, I was thinking Jeff Kent. Oh, um, okay, but um. Man, oh four. This is oh wait, uh, Paula Duca. Yep. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. Uh, okay, now okay, so they have is Taurus and Cora up the middle, and at they obviously traded for. Hesop Choi, but like, 
Who the hell was there before? Oh wait, um, um, would it be Juan Encarnacion? Only an eighty-four OPS plus. Okay, man, this is um, this is a lot harder than uh, this I was player thinking. has uh, the other than uh, Cesar Estrus the most games played by a Dodger on this list. And the second highest uh, plate appearances. This is this is a lot harder than I was thinking, and I'm gonna be very mad at whoever it is. You are. I'm just letting you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm just. I don't know. Oh, oh, it's 04. So Sean Green. There you go. Okay, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, I just couldn't. I could not. No, that's what I. I know that feeling where the season's yeah. fuse and he's already moved on in your in your head. Yeah. yeah, two position players tied for first with twelve sacrifice hits. Who are these unselfish Dodger players? I I gotta go with my up the middle boys on this one. We're going Cesar Torres and Alex Cora. Bingo. Yeah. <laughs> can you can you guess number two with eight? Uh oh boy. Um, it's not a position player, so I guess I shouldn't. Oh. Have. Wait, do, so do you know what pitcher? Yeah, led with sacrifice hits. Mm. Nomo. It was Jose Lima. Nice. Five Dodger pitchers with a minimum of thirty-one games pitch in relief had a okay. one twenty-two ERA plus or better in two thousand four. Can Eric name them in eight guesses? So a lot of the remnants of the fantastic two thousand three bullpen were still there. Um, so I think we're still going with, with Eric Gagne and Guillermo Moda. Uh, correct. Guillermo Moda actually led with an ERA plus with 192, Eric Gagne with 188. Um, I, I, you know, there's a pitcher in between those two. Uh, I think Paul Quantrill was still there. I'm not on my list. So I guess he was not, (laughs) um, or I mean, he very yeah. well could have had a lesser season. Um, oh boy, two thousand four. Um, who was the lefty? Um, uh, this is excruciating. Um, All of these bat, uh, pitch right-handed. Hmm. Just All right. Okay. And then two lefties uh, after just below the threshold. Sure. Um, I'm having a very hard time remembering who, like, so I think Broxton debuted in 05. Um,. So I'm not going to say him, but wait, when when was the, no, this wasn't, this was too early for Channel Park's comeback year. Um, I'm, I'm having a, I'm having a rough go here. Uh, I don't, I I don't think I'm going to pull any. Um, I'll see if I can throw some hints at you. Yeah, I've got a hint for each. All right. Okay. Uh, one, not very, none very scientific uh, hints. One I considered until Pedro Baez, the slowest paced Dodger reliever in my my fandom. Uh, I, 
I don't remember. Uh, wait, wait, wait. So there was also okay. What is Mike Fetters one of them? No. Okay, because I was trying to remember. Like anyway, no, I I, I don't know. Giovanni Carrera. Nice. All right. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, wait. So I'm going to make one more. Is an Elmer descends. Is going to be another guess? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, another known for uh, throwing his glove at a ball. Do you remember this incident? Was was oh. was Carlos Perez still around then? No. no. Oh, oh, Dallas Perez? No, he. <laughs> well, Dallas Perez was around, but not that. Not. not I don't really. remember. I don't remember this person throwing a glove. Duaner Sanchez. All right. Oh, four. He was around. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna get a video of that. Uh, and then the last one I, is I remember uh, that. one of the greats in the long storied of Dodger closers. Later was a closer for the Dodger. What? In 04? Yep. Not long-lived closer. <laughs> Yancy oh, um, Brazo. Oh, yeah, Yancy yeah. There was a shirt. Dodger <laughs> Thoughts t-shirt. G- game over. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, here we go. We all remember Steve Finley's walk-off Grand Slam that clinched the West. That was the 10th and final Grand Slam for the 2004 Dodgers. Three players, uh, one with three and a pair of two, hit multiple Grand Slams for the Dodgers. Can Eric name these sluggers in six guesses? So I believe relatively recently we talked about Robin Ventura, um, so I'm going to go with him. Yeah, he had two. Um, let's go. Oh, man, because I think one of them... Maybe the one where he hit like his, like his 18th or something. I think that that wait, I'm conflating two. I, I want to say like three different Dodgers like grant, hit a grand slam or something. Maybe maybe not. But I'm just gonna let's go back to the well with Almedo signs. Uh, nope. He had one. Mm-hmm. Um. Okay. So oh four. Uh, Sean Green had two. Yeah, so did uh, am I missing the three person? You are. Oh, okay. Um, and who's not Beltre? Yeah. No. Wait, Beltre. Yeah. Beltre. Yeah. It's like, okay. I'm yeah. like, I never ruled him yeah. out. <laughs> For some reason, I, I my my head was like, well, Adrian Beltre. We talked about him before. So like, he's out. Uh, uh, I'll send you the Dwaner Sanchez video. By the way, yeah, when we're done. Maybe it'll make it in the show notes. All right. You did good. Yep. It will make it in the show notes. You just shook your head, but it will. I'll, I'll, I'll let Brian know. Jason Hayward is one of the highlights for the Dodgers this season. Going into Sunday's game where he uh, hit his 15th home run, Hayward has an 851 OPS against right-handed pitchers, which is 16th for all left-handed NL hitters against right-handed pitchers. Blech. Uh, I, I, I will update that. He's, he's at 871 after Sunday because I looked up. Yeah. Uh, what are so your thoughts? Somewhat on, higher on this list. Yes. What are your thoughts on Hayward's season? Uh, unquestionable success. Yeah. Uh, also, not only that, well, he's hit the ball just hit the piss out of the ball. Basically, <laughs> like he just hits the ball hard all the time. And like, uh, un- there's there's a lot of things going right here. Uh, one, um, he and Peralta have been. Uh, almost exclusively platoon they they in the recent weeks when when there's been a little more lax on like maybe just filling in sometimes where 
but they've barely faced left-handed pitchers all year. They've got the buy-in from that. But, like, there's been multiple stories. Dave Roberts said this. It's been on the broadcast and other things. But where, you know, like earlier in the year, he's like, hey, uh, David, I, I'm going to, like – oh, he, he pinch hit um, for Hayward, like, in, like, the third inning one game because the other team switched pitchers or whatever. <laughs> and uh, I think with Johnny DeLuca or something. So – and then Dave's like, look, I'm going to do – and he's like – he's like, no – I'm in. Like, you don't have to tell me. Whatever you do, I am in. And, like, so he is, like, un- one of the, like, the actual leaders, right, in the clubhouse. Like, just just by that. He has a great presence. I don't know if you saw. They showed a lot of the celebration on Sport. I don't know. Maybe they didn't show it on MLB TV. But they did. They did. Sport- I, watched, okay. I watched all so, of it. Um, they started the celebration, essentially, with Miguel Rojas and Jason Hayward giving mm-hmm. speeches. I saw that. And I'm, I'm like that's that's one that's a stature thing right like um on a team with like with literally mookie betts freddie freeman clayton kershaw like those two guys are like lead so that's great also okay the production like he's having like his best season in a long time like i think his wrc plus is like his third best and if you if you 2020 was like one of the ones ahead of it so it's like a very shortened season you have to go back to his rookie season to have like a better like rate production than he's doing now. Um, and I think he, so his 15 home runs this year are equal to what he had in from 2020 to 2022 combined in like 350 more plate appearances those years. Um, but there's the other factor of excellent, excellent defense in right field. Um, they were obviously they're playing him a little in center and a little in left before, but then once Mookie Betts became super utility guy <laughs> and essentially starts at second against every right-handed batter because it opens up the outfield for the three left-handed outfielders. Um, you you are Mookie Betts versatility. The fact that Mookie Betts is also playing well above average defense at second base, which is remarkable. <laughs> But he's opening up right field to another yeah. above average great defender in right. Um, so, like, yeah, it really he, is a sh- like this is just the most fun offensive unit the Dodgers have had in a while. Like, yeah. just with all the different things they can do, it's sort of a bummer that the pitching is that's such shambles. But the, uh, I'll say this this is a pitching staff that if they figure it out in October, yeah. how fun is that? Where they're just it, it, like, Again, it's the sort of the Tampa Bay racing where just innings eaters just like go like it's this a is puzzle, super right? un- yeah pr- puzzle untraditional really could look a lot similar to the uh, game clinching game in t- uh, 2020, which was I thought one of Dave Roberts' best games period as a bullpen manager. So that was one of those trivia questions too. Like um, I happened to look because I had the was it the the L.A. Times or something? Maybe I was looking at that recently, but at the top it has like. Winning, losing, save, yeah. or whatever. Victor Gonzalez got. I know it's one of those. I know that's. I have that ingrained in my brain for a trivia <laughs> right. question. You know, especially like twenty years from now. <laughs> so, uh, to that end, he was optioned earlier in the week when Kyle Hurt was brought up. So, the one sort of, I guess, if there was a roster casualty this week, it was it was Victor Gonzalez in that in that exchange or whatever. But. Um, Oh, the Dodgers also got Joe Kelly back. That was another thing. But, um, yeah, Hayward, just great. Like, overall, 
exquisite. Like, and he's like best buddies with Freddie Freeman. There's that whole dynamic. Like, uh, everything about his signing has been absolutely. A, hope a he comes back next year for sure. Yeah, Maybe. I, I mean, ten year extension. Let's do yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Trace Thompson finished his 2023 Dodger season with five home runs, three in one game for the, for the contest. Will any Dodger with less than five home runs catch Thompson with two weeks to go? Oh, Four God. games at Coors Field. Craig reminds us. So, okay, so Miguel Rojas is at four. The aforementioned Austin Barnes hit his second today. Colton Wong is the is the funniest <laughs> one. Because uh, I think, so he drove in another run earlier today. I, so I think he batted four times. So he's up to seven RBIs in 19 plate appearances with the Dodgers, which is funny. <laughs> he, he almost had the, he could have had the, division clinching rbi because it was a scoreless game on saturday into the 10th and he drove in the run in the 10th but then evan phillips gave up a run in the bottom of the 10th and then they had to go to the 11th um so so okay back to hayward for just a second um the plug and play aspect of of sort of acquiring ahmed rosario and kiki hernandez both of which are at three home runs now um they they also add to that. They gives them so many options. Like, yeah, like you mentioned, they'll start against lefties. They'll obviously you know, Ahmed Rosario is like the fastest guy I think on the team, and uh, has taken to second belt second base pretty well. Like when he's played it. Um, so yeah, like it's just in general. But okay, so if will any Dodger catch them? Catch them. So if does, is Miguel Rojas going to hit one more homer? Is yes. Is, Okay, so you're two players. Have, you say Ahmed two. Rosario and Miguel Rojas are all both getting to five home runs. The, the Michael Bush is at two, and he's not up, obviously, and, and probably won't be up. Um, there's also here's a long shot. Jake Marisnik is on a rehab assignment with uh, AAA. <laughs> he, he he can come off the uh, sixty day injury list. Oh, as of Sunday, so uh, any time now. No, I think he's played three or four games with Oklahoma City. He's, he's on the 60 day. Like, there's, he's probably not even going to get called up because there, there's just not room. But it, he would be the funniest because he all, he has zero home runs. So if he hit, he came up and hit five home runs, um, whew. I th- I think it. You you say Rosario and Rojas. Yep. I think it's going to be one, and it's going to be Kike. Oh, all right. There we go. Yeah. All right. Tease us at the top. Going back to an. Oh, are you done? No, you skipped a question. I skipped a question? Yeah, yeah. the one in between Hayward and that one. Oh, it doesn't have a picture to go with it, so it was really yeah. easy to skip. I got really excited to, for the food question, too. I wanted to wait, make that make sure you were <sighs> The Dodgers so. swept the Mariners this weekend, and the one thing I thought about was how the 11th inning rally in Saturday's game was highlighted by experienced playoff players, Muncie, Taylor, and Hernandez getting big hits. For the next two weeks, do you expect Roberts to spread out the playing time to keep his veterans sharp for the postseason? Um, yeah, there. I mean, they play fourteen games in fourteen days. They have one off day next Monday, but they have a doubleheader in Colorado. So, like, they're gonna. It's not gonna be. I don't think it's gonna be strictly like platoon based stuff. But they're gonna they're gonna mix a, a lot of guys in and make sure. And but also get like rest for some, but you also don't want to like. You're not going to like sit 
Mookie bets for three games or something, right? Like, unless he's, like, dealing with something. But So it's going to be mostly the regulars and the usuals, but they, they're going to mix in those guys. So, like, I think it's going to be pretty much what we've seen the last – I, if if anything, I could see, as you uh, suggested last week, more day off day offs for Will Smith. Oh, sp- speaking of Will Smith, who has slumped uh, since the like the in the second half, starting to hit a little better of, of late. Uh, he broke his rib on April thirtieth uh, on a hit by pitch, uh, so that came out. Uh, or Roberts mentioned something or, or when the Dodgers were at home. It's like, well, you're dealing with the rib thing, and we're like. When was that? <laughs> it was just like in passing, right? So I think there was no like real follow up. And then I guess with David Bassey on like a pregame uh, thing Friday, Smith said, yeah, he, uh, his, he broke a rib getting hit by a pitch against the Cardinals on April 30th. And uh, that was dealing with it. And so now, like he he actually does – there it, it affected his range of motion and he was getting eaten up by fastballs, which makes sense. But April thirtieth, like, that's wild. <laughs> so, but yeah, you're, I think you're right. Like more off day, off days, and then, um, yeah. All right, can I do the food question now? Let's do it. Going back to an oldie food question from July 2016. Oh my god! Uh, now, so this was a first. This was before they became fifth question became the food question. Yeah. But this, you know, geez Louise, we've been doing questions from Craig in some form or another for seven years now, <laughs> at least. Whew. If you go to your favorite yogurt slash ice cream parlor, do you put the toppings on the top as the name implies, or do you like to mix in option if available? Uh. No toppings. Like, no yeah, toppings, like, period. I, 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 mean, I, I, I you know, I'll put a little, especially if I'm at a yogurt place and then they're just on, on top. But at an yogurt, ice cream place, it's always let, on. It's always on top. And, yeah. it, and again, yogurt is way more likely to have toppings. There, right? So there's the, like before, like before at least I was aware that Coldstone Creamery was a place that existed. There was a yogurt place in, um, in downtown Pasadena. That did the mix-in thing. And yeah. I would do vanilla with, like, vanilla wafers, I think, mixed in. And that was good. that Because it made it, when you do mix-in right, it makes it almost a flavor of ice cream. As opposed, to, like, Ben and Jerry style. Oh. As opposed to just kind of, it's just in there. Yeah, nut, nuts are, like, the safe go-to, you know, the chopped nuts and stuff. But, like, they don't, they're not adding anything. You, what you're doing is, like, the the thing to do is, like, the Butterfinger crumbles to vanilla, right. and you have Butterfinger ice cream. Basically, that's what you're doing. Um, so, in the, Oreo or whatever, like whatever it is. Like in my old man days, I have become a big fan of ice cream flavors based on baked goods. So your oh. your your strawberry cheesecakes or your wild berry pie, and ends up being you know either a berry slash vanilla base with the sort of pie crust, you know, essentially mixed in. Uh, and I'm a big fan of that. So that's sort of like a mix-in. But I, I let the ice cream speak. Whatever the 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 ice cream people think the flavor should be, I just let that ride. I don't yeah, modify. I, the, I'm kind of the same way. Like I, I'm going to go with the the flavor of ice cream that I want. Now, do you get a cup or a cone? I go waffle cone almost always. But I, I here's the deal. I, I, I'm so rarely at a at a position where. I'm like going someplace and getting a cone or a cup. You know, I'm not. I'm not walking. Let me tell you, having having a three year old changes this dramatically. (laughs) I will. I will say there is one glaring exception where I will 
sometimes go out of my way to get a cone and and it's it's going to sound weird but not that weird it's the mcdonald's no <laughs> that sounds weird yeah <laughs> yeah and uh because that that is a very quick hit it's very small or like smallish and it's it's like ice milk or whatever the hell that stuff is <laughs> but it hits the spot and like so that that's like a thing i like the cone but only waffle for, cones for, for me. I don't sugar cone, cake cones. Not a big fan, but waffle mm, cones are delicious. But like, I'm. I think I'm. I'm just not there. Like, I'm more. I'm probably more likely to get like a cup. I, I would imagine if I did that. All if, right. If I yeah. There's a I part to, like, two. Ford oh. toppings. Do you prefer nuts, candies like Jimmy's? Jimmy's sprinkles is this sprinkles? A, yeah, it's sprinkles. Sprinkles. All which, not really candy. They're like wax. Yeah. Uh, fruit or broken pieces of peanut butter cups or cereal. Uh, as mentioned, I like uh, baked items, <laughs> cookies, sure, pie crust. Broken broken pieces of any kind of candy bar work for me, but you're just essentially getting like your version of a chocolatey type ice cream yeah. at that point, which is fine. Like, um, I don't. Jimmy's are for occasional donuts, and like I, I don't really get those kind of donuts. They're, and I don't even like calling them Jimmy's. It's just, I'm just saying that because he put it here. They're sprinkles. Um, but, um, again, nuts, they're they're usually, like, omnipresent. They're there. Um, so, I, <laughs> I don't know. Like, I'm just I, – and cereal is, is a bridge too far. I'm not putting – I don't, like like what are you doing putting Fruit Loops in your vanilla ice cream or something? I mean it's probably fine, but like, no, nah, like just uh, just give me the ice cream and you know usually in this case it's for me I like mint chip, I like strawberry. Just give me like stra- regular strawberry ice cream and there's my there's my ice cream. Nothing else on it. Well, I don't have ice cream. Oh, wait, I actually think I do have ice cream in the house, and I might go have that. It's half baked, which is cookies and baked goods and ice cream. So that makes sense that I like it. I think Bluebell, which is Texas based, um, came out with a Dr. Pepper flavored ice cream. Now, Now, I don't remember if it was like, I think it might have been such an inception thing that it, it could be a Dr. Pepper float flavored ice cream or something, something weird. Like uh-huh. it's something where like I it doesn't sound I, I love Dr Pepper just generally, but, but that, I would, that's a that burger topping, gross. not a <laughs> yeah that's right. It needs to be at a sports bar, <laughs> but um, but no like but again it's one of those where I'm in if I saw it I would try it and then I'd be like well this is an abomination but like I I want to know for sure um, but yeah go out have your dr pepper ice cream put sprinkles on it don't call them jimmies because they're jimmy they're not i can't craig you've you've incepted me i'm I'm a jimmy's guy now but uh enjoy your ice cream the dodgers are in first place so technically it is time for first place ice cream so uh enjoy it uh have your ice cream have your cake and eat it too and we'll be back again next week thanks for listening everybody